Amen. You may be seated today. Good to see everybody here in the house of God. And uh, we're so excited about today. Today is a milestone, really, for our church. Um, we're going to be doing a walkthrough. For those of you joining us online, didn't catch this at the offerings uh, or at the announcements, but we're going to be uh, doing a walkthrough at the Outreach Center today. This thing's moving. I'm not sure why. But uh, anyway, so we're excited about that. And uh, we're just looking forward to uh, fellowshipping over there at the end of church. So uh, with that being said, um, it's not going to be kind of uh, my normal uh, kind of message topics today and, and format, but we want to just share a little bit and uh, concerning uh, really where God's taken us and where we've been and where God's taken us. Amen. And um, let me just open up this morning with a scripture and then a thought in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. I'm just going to read two verses and uh, I didn't have a PowerPoint today. didn't really feel like I needed one and a whole lot of scriptures, but just wanted to encourage the church today. How many love the Lord with all your heart? Amen. Just love Jesus and, and uh, really just, man, it's about Him, isn't it? It's about Him in our lives, moving in our lives and, and uh, whatever we can do, as Paul said, to please Him. That's our aim. That's our heart. And, uh, but how many know that God's doing something amazing in the earth today? And, you know, whatever God does, and uh, it, it's amazing, it's fresh, it's, it's good. Many people, when, if I stood here and said that God's doing a new thing, uh, we would think that maybe it's a little crusty. You know, kind of God does a little bit, you know, old traditional, religious and everything. But, you know, when God does something, it's the most innovative thing that anybody's ever seen. God does something new. He does something fresh. He brings you by a way that you didn't see before, you didn't understand before. It's so new to you, and, and it's great. It's this revelation uh, right to you. So when I say God's doing something new, God's doing something fresh, I mean, that's, I mean it's something that we haven't even touched before. It's something we haven't even, a place we haven't even been before. And how many want to go there with God? Say, Lord, okay, take me, my family, into a new place this year, a new place in you, and a new place in my life, my business. And uh, so I'm excited about that. But I believe that uh, there's some things that the Lord wants us to just share today and declare and, and uh, talk about. But in Luke chapter 19, um, many, many people also read another scripture later on. But many people, uh, like in this story, this account, Jesus talks about with Matthew 25. But in Luke chapter 19, <clears throat> the Bible says that this was just after Jesus had ministered to Zacchaeus. And he, got, he was born again. And the Bible says before he rode into Jerusalem, this is, uh, he was teaching. And one of the things he said in verse 11, they said, And as they heard these things, as he was talking about Zacchaeus and, and what happened there, uh, he added and he spoke a parable because he was coming to Jerusalem because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom, and to return. He's really talking about himself, isn't he? And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds. And he said, Occupy until I come back. Occupy until I come. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. Thank you for this time that we have to gather and really hear your word. Because your word brings life to us. It brings health to us. 
It's like healing, medicine, as David said, to our, to our souls. We thank you, Lord, that the Word of God springs forth, Lord. And so today, Lord, as we read your Word, the Word of God, I believe, is going to just spring up in our hearts. Faith, courage, encouragement, and strength today. Lord, that's what we need to make it. Uh, we need your strength today. So I pray, Lord, that you're going to move on every heart as we share a little bit. And then as we gather over at the OC, Lord, you're going to continue to move today. We give you all the praise and glory. And everybody said... Amen. This last Wednesday we had a kind of a first Wednesday meeting and Brother Rick spoke and one of the things he talked about is declarations and declaring the Word of God, declaring some things that God wants to do. How many know it's important we declare God's will? That's very important, isn't it? Not our will, not what we want, what God wants, you know, and what God says is in particular what God has written. And so today I'm just going to step out in faith and I'm just going to declare that this is the day of salvation for our city. <laughs> Come on, I'm going to declare today that this is a season of harvest, this is a season of healing, and this is a season of hope over our city and our community and this whole valley. Amen. Let's just say the whole county. Amen. This is a season of God. Amen. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to step out in faith today and say, Lord, this is a season of harvest. Amen. This is a season of healing and of hope in this area. Amen. Lord, you know, I've been reading our history over the, about the city over the last 150 years uh, re recently. And there's been a lot of things that cause a lot of discouragement that have happened in this area. And kind of a dark cloud at times over this area. But aren't you glad that there's been, amen, a, a whole bunch of people that really believe in healing in this valley and revival and Jesus and the cross. And there's been a bunch of churches in this area ever since it started. Amen. We were known as the city of churches, I believe, at one time. There's an old saying that said there was a, there was a church on every corner and a bar in between. <laughs> Amen. That kind of describes Williamsport a little bit. Amen. But how many know God's doing a good thing? He's doing a new thing. Amen. He's doing a, a wonderful thing in this city, but He's going to use His people. Many times we think, and say, God, I'm just going to go to sleep, take a nap, and you're going to do it. And when I wake up, it's going to be awesome. I mean, no, that's not the way it works. God uses people. He uses you. He wants to use you. And so I want to declare that over our city today. And, you know, really, we, we do pray for revival. We do pray for God to move. But, you know, there's no need to pray for revival if we're not prepared for it. How I many you know you don't pray for rain and then leave your umbrella at home? Amen. We got to be a people of faith and we got to be a people of preparation. We're, we're getting ready for the Lord to do something good. Amen. We're doing, getting ready for harvest, getting ready for God to do something. And so we can declare something, but how many know we got to get ready for it? We got to do some things to get ready for it. And so, you know, one of the things I, I realize is that when God wants to do something, most of the time he's got to bring change. He's got to bring change to us. And how many know when God moves, He brings change? How many change is good? Change is normal, it's natural, it's healthy. And I believe God is continuing to change uh, this church and also the churches in the area. I believe God's doing a good thing, right? And I believe change is part of that. In fact, change is the thing that bridges the gap between what was and what could be. Amen? Or what is or what could be. That, that really is change. Change is that, is that thing that bridges that gap. And so we believe in that. You know, but some of the things that we do in our church and some of the churches around, what we do around here, someone said, well, well we don't really want to do that because then we'll kind of look like that church over there. Right? But how many know when we do something in the church, maybe we, it, it'll look familiar. Maybe it'll be a copy and paste of what another church is doing. You know, I used to be intimidated by that. But, you know, I'm not intimidated by that anymore because I realized something, that Jesus is building his church. And so if we're doing something that looks like what another church is doing, that's a good thing. 
that's a God thing, then we're on the right track. Because how many know Jesus is building his church? And if God's doing something in this church and we start doing this church, man, that's a good thing. That's just a different way to look at it. Amen. Is that right? Come on, because he's building his church. He's building his church. And sometimes we feel like we've got to have a secret sauce. And we've got to be, we got a little bit better or something than people over here or over there. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. How many know Jesus has the secret sauce? Amen. We're just, everybody's kind of doing the whole recipe. Amen. Might be just a little bit style of different, but we're just, we're doing it all, right? The way Jesus wants. And so I'm excited about that because I understand that when God does something new and God does something great, that he brings changes. And God's doing something with our church, but I believe that he's doing kind of on a national scale. But I, I, I want to just say this quote. I thought about this this morning that I feel it's important that we don't get caught up in the presentation of church, that we need to get caught up in the product of church. What I mean by that, that our church needs to be producing something. Jesus said that everybody's going to know that you're my disciple if you have love one to another. How many know it's not the presentation of Sunday, it's the effects of Sunday. It's the product of Sunday. Amen. We've got to have something more than just a service. We've got to have something greater than just coming together and singing songs and, and reading the word. We, we've got to have something, uh, uh, something that we produce. Is that right? And so it's the product of the church, not the presentation of the church that we need to focus on. Amen. What, what fruit are we bearing? What are we doing? And, and you can call yourself brothers and sisters, but are you really loving the person that you're sitting beside? Are you, really, are you taking a meal to their house when they're sick? Are you checking up on them when a family member, member passes? Or, or when, Come on, are you loving them through, you know, they, they lost their job. You're praying with them through that. How many know that's a good product to have? Amen. And so we need to focus on the product of the church, not necessarily the presentation of the church. Amen. A lot of people focus on that. But I believe it's, it's on what God does through the church. Not at church, but through the church. Amen. And so one of the things that Jesus goes into, and he talks about this, and he talks about occupy till I come. And I want to just fo I want to focus on that a little bit, but I just want to um, just, read a, or just say a couple things about our church, okay? Because I feel it's important that a healthy church is what we're getting at. We're not getting at a perfect church. We're not, that's not our aim. That's not our goal. Our goal is a healthy church. I mean, no, it's more important to be healthy than it is to be perfect, and you got to have everything in order. It's, healthy is more important, Amen. So we're looking for a healthy church. And so we know that a healthy church has preaching and worship and prayer. It's got good family ministry. It's got media. It's got outreach. I mean, that's a good healthy church. You know, that's why we put a lot of emphasis on children's ministry and youth ministry because we know that that's part of a good healthy church. I mean, you know, if you've got a good healthy youth group, you're going to have a good healthy church, right? Good healthy children's ministry, good healthy worship going on. Not necessarily professional worship, but healthy worship. Amen? Right? So we believe that and we know that. And this is how we feel in our church. But one of the things that we, we, we've, we've kind of felt that God was putting together and, and really describes us, and you see it when you walk in, and that is three words, love, grow, and reach. That's really kind of our vision here, that we really want to love God, grow together, and we want to reach our world. How many know our world needs to be reached with the gospel? Amen. So we're reaching out here, near, and far. That's really our heart. Our heart is to really love God and, and love other people and love one another and grow in our faith. In any way we can, we want to grow. And we want to grow in our love towards one another, or grow in our, our outreach. We want to grow, right? How many know a healthy church is going to grow? 
right? So we want to grow in our faith. We want to grow in those things, not just in information about God. We want to grow in the knowledge of Him, that personal knowledge of Him, and then we want to reach our world for the Lord. You know, during the time of COVID, I actually sat down with a, a, a pastor in the city recently, and we talked about uh, our experiences, you know, through COVID and, and some of the other things. And one of the things I said, I just really saw some things about our church, and I really felt like we really need kind of I want to strengthen some areas of our church. We want to strengthen discipleship in our church. Just following Jesus together. How many know we're called to be disciples together? We want to strengthen that area in our church. We want to strengthen discipleship. And that's not just you come to a class and, and for 20 days or whatever, 21 classes and you get a certificate. Man, that's relationship, isn't it? We want to grow in that. And we want to grow in unity. And we, we really need to, to grow in unity. That's body ministry. Well, we, we pay, in our church, we pay the pastor, and he, he goes and visits people, and he, he makes, you know, and, and his, him, him and his wife, they, they rake and mow, and they sweep, and they vacuum, and, and we pay them to do all the work, you know. But how many know that that's not body ministry? Right. Body ministry is each of us ministering to one another, each of us encouraging each other so that the whole church is built up. Amen. That doesn't mean that I'm going to go fishing and play golf all the time. That simply means that I'm going to be busy doing what I'm going to be doing. You're going to be busy doing what you need to be doing. Come on. And we're all going to be busy doing what we all need to be doing. Amen. For the, for the strengthening of the body. Amen. And equipping the church. That's another thing, really, that I saw. And so we want to do some things in the future that are going to really equip you to discover your gifts and discover the call of God in your life and really walk in those things. We want to equip you for the ministry God has for you. Amen. And we want to equip you for the ministry that God has for our church. And the fourth thing that I can really see is that outreach. I know that, that it's just been a, a theme in my life that God has just developed and called me to is to be outward focused. I'm just not one of those uh, preachers or, or ministers that feel comfortable with just standing up every Sunday and preaching all the time and, and everybody come to church and I'm okay with that. I really want to see our church reach this city for Jesus Christ. I want to see our church partner with other churches to reach the city for Jesus Christ. Amen. How many, how many are with me on that one? Amen. So, so that's our heart. And so we've started some things about really how we can minister to new believers coming in. We've got a growth track that really kind of uh, helps people get established in membership. And we really want to develop people in leadership. That's our heart, uh, really what we, we want to do. We want to help people know Jesus and discover their gifts. All those things are so important, aren't they? So that's what we want to do here at our church and serve other people. And so we've got prayer meetings going on. We, we're going to develop life groups and Bible classes. And I'm just talking to, to some people this week. We're really going to have some, some great things coming up. And uh, it's not just to waste time. It's really to develop your ministry and to develop you in what God called you to do to... Amen? How many know that's biblical? That's, that's New Testament. That's the book of Acts. The book of Acts is not about one person standing up and they're in charge and they're the king of the church and they make all the rules and all the decisions. Man, this is about the body. Amen? This is about the body of Jesus Christ. Amen? How many know he's the head and we're the body? Amen? And so we're, we're, we're developing those principles. And I, I feel like two years ago when I stood in really kind of in front of you in January, I said, you know, this church, we really want to be a few things. We want to be intentional. We want to be intentional about what we do. We don't want to just, you know, kind of show up on Sunday and throw something together. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy that, ask my wife, I've got to have a plan. You know, Sunday after church, I've got to have a plan. Like, what's the plan for lunch? Like, what's the plan? Like, before we go through drive-thru, what's the plan? 
right? We, we, we went on a trip to the West Coast, and, and we, we kind of stopped a little bit. Our kids were younger, so we stopped a lot, uh, Chick-fil-A, whenever we could, or wherever it was. And before we got to the drive-thru, I'm like, okay, what does everybody want? Well, everybody's like, well, I need to get up and read the menu. I'm like, this is McDonald's. If you haven't memorized this menu by now, you should, how many parents are like that? You should know what you want, right? And if they stalled more than a couple seconds, we were like, okay, we're getting nuggets. I don't care what you like, right? Right? Amen. We want to be intentional in a church. We want to be intentional. We want to be missional, and we want to be fruitful because we're, we're doing this for Jesus. And how many know Jesus is very intentional when he comes to your life? He's very missional when it comes to your life. He's very, uh, it's very fruitful. I mean, that's his plan for your life. And so we want to do those things. And I just wanted to just kind of backtrack a little bit. I want to get in a text and we'll close, go over to the OC and have some coffee. But one of the things that I realized that uh, I, I, I'm so thankful for Sister Jackie, who worked here for many years on staff. She was so good about putting prophecies together, any words, dreams, visions, whatever, ideas, whatever, she would put those together. And I got a notebook upstairs. It's like this thick. I mean, it goes back to like 1980-something, okay? So, yeah, everybody's like, that's old. Yeah, it, it, it's old, okay? It, it's, yeah, it's really, really old. But I'm so thankful for that. But, you know, as I went, I would pour over those, and I would highlight those, and I would, I even uh, found out how many times uh, the prophecies talked about a building, how many times it talked about a new property, how many times it talked about finances, how many times it talked about those things. I, I'm, I really geeked out on that one. And, um, and so one of the things I realized is that there's a common thread that the Lord would speak over and over again, especially to our church. He would talk about facilities. He would talk about owning properties. He would own about building. He would talk about like a new building, a church buildings and all these things. He'd talk about different properties. And one of the things that over and over the Lord spoke to us was that we would never lack finances, that we wouldn't have an issue with finances. And so, you know me, if you've been coming here for just a few months or even many years, you know, I don't, I don't beg for money. I don't really talk about a lot about it. Um, you know what I mean? Unless you owe me money, then we'll talk about it. Um, no, but you know, from the pulpit, we don't need to because you're a generous people. You understand the heart of God. You get it. And so we don't have to do that. And God really is just overwhelming us with um, blessing. And we're so excited about that. But one of the things that happened is 20 years ago, around 20 years ago, yeah, I'm that old, around 20 years ago, God really birthed in me and in our hearts really about uh, having like a youth facility, an outreach center. Somewhere we could have the youth meet and they could have their own place and then that we could have like a place where the whole church could to minister to the neighborhood somehow, so to the community. Not just one person or a team of people, but the whole church. Like, Lord, I was like, how can the whole church reach the whole family or whole city? And so we just said, we, we kind of need that outreach center. We want that place. And so as time came on and, and we really, you know, uh, God began to develop that. I remember sitting down. God woke me up in 2014. And I wrote down all these things that God's showing me for, for the future. And I wrote these things down. And uh, one of the things I saw, I saw this, this outreach center and, and what we would do is one night we would have a youth night and one night we would have healing and deliverance services and one night we would have family night where it was all about family and, and then we'd have like all these, you know, classes and all these things. I saw it, you know. And so God gave that to, to us years ago. Um, and so God began to birth that and God began to do those things. And then in 2016, it just absolutely the Lord woke up one morning and God gave me this really this whole huge plan for a job and life skills program. 
And I felt the Lord really wanted us to do that. God wanted, wanted to. So God birthed the River Valley mission to us. And he began to, to birth that in my heart about a job and life skills program. And, and th that's huge. And it's way beyond me. It's bigger than me. I, at times I'm like, this, this is crazy idea. Why would you even say that? Because that's a crazy idea. And, uh, but I believe it's God. I believe it's for us. And I believe that God wants us to do that. And so it was just that whole church reaching the, the whole neighborhood and the family. And uh, we wanted to see God break the destructive cycles in people's lives, in their homes, in their marriages. And God wanted to do those things. So I, I feel God, God wants to do that. And we really came up with a slogan a couple years ago that we wanted to show our city that love works. Amen. That we want to do things by love and for love. Um, that we really wanted to reach our city uh, and reach out with other churches in our city for the Lord. And so in January 2019, a few years ago, yeah, it's been that long ago, and, uh, you know, we prayed, and, and I remember, forget, we prayed, I preached a message about vision or whatever, and we said, Lord, whatever you want for us this year, what do you want for us this year? Well, I got a phone call a couple weeks later, hey, there's a, a building up for sale, and, you know, the old Hope Enterprise building, it's the Path Treat, Drug and Alcohol Treatment Center, it's up for, uh, for sale, and so um, we actually went and looked at it twice. And they were asking, originally they were asking $400,000 for it, and by the time we had looked at it, it was around 285000 and it was just a big place. I was actually looking at another place. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I was looking at another place, much bigger and, and everything. And someone told me about this. And so we took some elders over and prayed about it and uh, got back to the elders and some of the other team. And we prayed about it. We felt good about it, made an offer. And uh, we, we ended up buying the building for $220,000. That's pretty good, isn't it? And here's what's amazing. We paid it off in eight months. And that was so cool, right? And so I'll never forget... You know, it was awesome. And so, you know, we paid that off in eight months. And then um, September of last year, God opened the door that we were able to purchase a prop, uh, another uh, house or property right across the street from the center. We're going to fix that up this winter and, 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 uh, and spring and use that for a rental property. And so we're so excited about that and so what God's doing. And I saw four phases of the outreach center. I saw it being a youth facility um, open for church events, what we would use it for, and uh, outreach to the community and then a job and life skills program in the future. And I really see that. And, you know, if I walk around the grounds very long, I start getting a lot of ideas and it's just not you know people are like you don't need to be walking around too much because like okay we're we're doing this I just can't help it that's who I am I just that's the way God wired me and uh, but you know and today we're going to be opening up that south end and, and we got our um, temporary occupancy for the building and so ex excited about that but really a couple things just want to let you know our future vision for that is to have open air meetings to, to have evangelistic meetings and uh, music and all kinds of things so we're going to do kind of midweek services over there maybe even turn into a campus another campus ministry uh, we want to do uh, sports days or camps for kids like sports camps for kids uh, seasonal events of course we did our harvest festival there in October um, day camps for teenagers I think that'd be amazing I grew up in a, a, a youth camp that God met us in a week and it was amazing and I said Lord we we need to you know provide this for as many people as we can um, you know there's all kinds of stuff and I, I believe God's just going to do that I believe the Lord's going to do this and so really what it's doing as, as we move forward in in our church we're kind of fulfilling the mission of Jesus he's fulfilling the mission that he started and really to be to, to follow after Jesus and to bring people uh, to follow Jesus. I mean, that's our mission. And so, you know, one of the things is that I began to get into this. And as we began to get towards the, uh, the outreach center and things began to develop. And I started, you know, getting all these ideas. And we prayed about it. We got some God ideas. 
You know, one of the things that's so clear to understand that this is not just another outreach center this, for us. It's not just another, uh, it's, it's not my dream that everybody here is fulfilling my dream. This is the vision of the Lord that all of us are called to work in. All of us come under this. If you are a member of this church and you said, I want to be a member, I feel the Holy Spirit's calling me to be a member of this church. That becomes your vision. That becomes part of the vision God calls you into. And all of us, um, I'm, I'm just the one that gets in trouble if anything happens. So, you know, and, and, and the bad ideas are blamed on me. So that, that's where I am. But, but ultimately, it's not everybody working for me. Everybody, I think sometimes we think, well, it's your vision, Brother Matt. Or it's your, no, no, this is the Lord's vision. This is God's dream. How many know when Joseph got that dream, it was from the Lord? It was God's dream. And so when God births something in somebody or congregation group of people, he finances his own dream. He finances his own plans. He, he, he's the one that makes uh, his plans come to pass, right? So all we're saying is, Lord, keep it going. Let your plans keep working out together for the good of us. We're just benefiting from the vision that God has for us. Amen. And so... I feel that, and we're just walking in that. And so, um, you know, uh, I, I want to go back to our text real quick, share a couple things, and we'll close. In Luke chapter 19, we talked about this. Um, there's two accounts. We could say, uh, if you study this, many historians th think or say that these two were actually separate accounts. One was before Jesus uh, came into Jerusalem. One was after Jesus had rode through Jerusalem. And so we found that Jesus was getting ready to go here in Luke 19. In Luke Matthew 25, it was after he had rode through Jerusalem. And so he, he was getting ready to go to the cross. One of the things about Luke 19 is we see a couple things, these parallels here, is that God invests in every believer. God puts something in the lap of every believer or in the life of every believer and at the right time, at that time that God will call it into account, He wants everyone to be responsible for what He calls them to on their own, right? So God calls and He invests in every believer, but not every believer serves the same. That's one of the things that I see about this account, that God calls everyone to His mission, but not everybody serves in the same capacity. How many know? How many believe that? You really believe that? Well, we all need to be doing the same thing. Well, we all don't have the same personality. Well, we all don't have the same, we're not at the same journey. We're not all at the same, you know, place. And so God calls us to those things. In Luke chapter 19, if you want to read it later, it's verses 11 through 26. It says he calls ten servants, gives them ten pounds. Now, that word pounds there in the Greek, it's, um, it, it's uh, uh, I believe it's Maya, uh, or Mina. And it was about three months' wages, so around $3,000 or so. That's compared to the average of uh, American uh, dollar there. And so he gave him about three months' wages, which is a lot of money. And he said, you know, occupy until I come. What that means is invest this money, do business with this money, operate with this until I return. So there was this investment that God gave, and then there was this, the return that they had to, to yield when he came back. So in other words, listen, I'm giving you some money. I don't want you just to put this uh, you know, in a drawer or in a cupboard. You've got to invest this money. I want you to bring increase into what I'm giving you. I want you to multiply this. That's what it's saying. Occupy until I come. Many people think that means we just kind of like... You know, we just kind of uh, have church until he comes. No, he's speaking directly to our lives and he's saying that I'm, I'm investing something in you and you're responsible for what I'm investing in you. 
right? And at the end of this story, you'll see both, both accounts that you had to give an account to what God gave them. They had, to get, they had to answer for it. And we spent a lot of time on that, talking about that in the recent series. But in Matthew chapter 25, notice in Luke 19, this is very interesting too if you're taking notes. The master rewards them not just with, not with money. He rewards them with cities. I thought that was pretty interesting. He said, I'm going to give you cities. How many? That's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, you, it was like, okay, here's $3,000 or whatever, and, you had to, and, and then if you invested it, if you, if you made good with it, if you, if, you know, if you did all these things, you yielded return. I mean, now I'm going to give you cities. That's, that's really cool. And so uh, we see that principle. In Matthew chapter 25, Matthew uh, uses the word talents, okay? And so uh, I believe that these are kind of two different stories, but they're similar in a lot of things. And he says talents, which is money. But this was a value by weight. So it wasn't like a $5 bill is a $5 bill, which we know in America really isn't worth $5. But anyways, five, right. So $5, you know, it wasn't like that. It was based on weight. And so Matthew was a tax collector for the Romans. So when he's writing this, he knows what he's talking about. A talent is by weight. That's how they measured money. The Romans used weight. That's how they, so when he says it's a talent, he says this. But he says that he gave five, two, and one. And so that's a lot of money. So whether, whether it was, some people believe that it was up to 20 years worth of wages that when he was talking about this, the talents, was, this is a lot of money. Either way, this is a lot of money. And so he's giving them a lot of money and he's giving them a lot and, and it's a, a lot of weight and it's just crazy. And, and in fact, the meaning of, of talent means to weight or to bear up to hold. It's just, it's a lot of weight. It's a lot of, so if you, if you were given five talents, that was a lot of money. That was just a lot. Hopefully you had a, a really big you know, safe in your house or something. I don't know. But Jesus said the same thing, that they were given this money or this talent uh, according to their responsibilities. And so the money actually re, re, kind of represents our individual gifts and abilities. God gave it to us, and we're to invest or we're to kind of really be responsible for what the Lord gives us. And so the Bible says that each according to his own ability. That's delegated responsibilities depending on their abilities, okay? So really what it was is if you look at this two accounts, there's four elements here. Number one, time, money, work, profit. So we're going to focus on just money for a second. Again, it's investment for God, responsibility for us. So I believe that what he's saying here as he's teaching is that God's investment is our responsibility. God's investment is our responsibility. How many know the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels? How many believe that God has invested in you? Well, yeah, you're bought with a price. You're valuable to God. God has invested in you. Salvation of Jesus Christ is invested in you. The blood of Jesus has been invested in you. The Holy Spirit, which is precious, is invested in you. How many believe God invests a lot in you? He believes in what he invests in. How many know he's, not, he's, he's pretty much the, the smartest, uh, you know, trader there ever was I mean he whatever you want a stockholder I mean he's smart with his his investments and he invests in what he believes in and what he believes in he knows is going to work right and so that's what he does he invests in us and he and he does these things and so it's our responsibility to take care of what God invests in just a few things as we close in Luke 19 a few things I want you to see in Luke 19 also Matthew 25 but Luke 19 especially everyone serves Everyone serves. Did you notice that? Everyone. Everyone that he called to himself 
served in one, some capacity or another. But everybody called. Everybody served. And I believe that you need to know that, that you're called, you're gifted, you're empowered by the Lord. Some of you might have come in this late in your life and you think, well, I must have missed the call of God because I wasn't raised in church. No, how many know the calling of God is still fresh for your life no matter what age you are when you get saved? Amen. And some of you say, well, I've been in church and then I walked away from it. I've been through a lot of things in my life and I felt like that I threw away the call of God or I skipped, I missed it somehow. The call, I, I, you know, but how many know like Moses, God renews the purpose of God in your life? How many know God can renew His purpose in your life? Amen. Moses thought he was going one way. Amen. He killed a guy. He fled to Egypt. And God said, I've got a purpose for you. Amen. I'm renewing it in your eyes. Amen. And so you can say that and say, so, you know, God has called everyone. Everyone serves. The second thing I see is that everyone had something from the Master which is God. Everyone had something from God. The Bible says that every joint supplies. God's not going to say that if you don't have a function. Amen? God doesn't cause, you know, dead cells to, to make healthy cells out of live cells or whatever. He doesn't cause those things. He, he, he makes healthy regenerate other healthy things or generate other healthy things. Come on, somebody, right? And so every joint supplies. So everyone has a gift. Here's the difference. Not everyone has the same amount. Not everyone has the same amount, or in the end is given the same amount. The Bible says according to his ability, in, in uh, Matthew 25, it says according to his ability. This is your personality, according to the season of life you're in, according to, the, this is kind of both spiritual and natural. So how many know God uses your natural abilities and talents? God can use them, oh yeah, but he also gives you spiritual gifts and abilities. He gives you those things. So he uses both of those, whether they're spiritual gifts or natural abilities, he uses both of those and according to your ability. And God will move. And so a lot of times, many people think, well, I'm going to minister just like that person. I want to do exactly what they're doing. And God's called, no, we can't say that. How many know God calls you according to your personality, according to your season of life, where you are, even geographically? God gives you his, enables you, and calls you, empowers you to do what he wants you to do, where he places you, who he's made you to be. And so that's important to understand, is that I'm just being me. <laughs> Come on. I mean, you just need to be you, who God called you to be, right, with what he's called you to do. And so that's what it is. You know, some people are called to reach nations. I think of Reinhard Bonnke, who reached nations. Thousands. I believe in one service alone, over a million people got saved. Is that correct? That's true, right? I believe he even has all the, the, the decision cards. Can you imagine? One, one person is called to the nation. Some people are called to cities. You know, they can, they can really reach out and they can network and they can evangelize and they can build churches. And, you know, and some people are called to families. I mean, no, we're not all called to the same thing. So, you know, some people in their business are called to multi-billion dollar uh, corporations and some people are called to, you know, small businesses or some people are called to, to work for other. Come on, we're all called to different things. And so we can't say that, you know, I, I, I want what they want or whatever. And how many, some people can handle more. There's just some people that can handle more. I don't know about you, but have you ever met somebody that they've got this business going on and they've got this going on and that can handle more. I don't know, some of us, God can't handle billions of dollars. We just can't handle it. God knows that. We'd freak out, lose our mind and pretty much our salvation. Right? Some of us need to be content with being a hundredaire. We just, it's okay. You're a thousandaire. You're good. That's where God's called me. Amen? Amen. 
I like what T.F. Tenney used to say. He said that I'm the first person in my family that's a million, millionaire backwards. You know, I went, hey, you kind of want to go the other way the older you get, you know. And so, you know, I feel like, you know, that, that's where we have to start. So the, the temptation here, as you'll see, even with the disciples, as God began to call them, Jesus began to call them and give them gifts, one of the things they do is they begin to envy one another. They began to criticize one another, compare one another. How many know we don't need to do that? Because we, we just can't do that. You can't say, because, you know, some people are at a different spot in their life, a different point in their life than what I am. And they're ready for that. I'll never forget, you know, being a younger minister. And I'll never forget, all oh, these people, they went into the ministry and they did this and they did that. And I was like, man, when is, when is God going to give me my chance? Man, that's a really dangerous prayer to pray. Right? That's reckless, by the way. So that's how you are. You're just like, man, I wish I would do that. But how many know God has his timing? God has his timetable for each of us. And God knows what we can handle. God knows what we can't handle. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad God saved you and delivered you from, you know, stuff like that, right? That you couldn't handle, right? And so we need to just say, Lord, whatever you called me to do, I want to do it and I want to be faithful to do it. And so lastly, this word occupy means to busy oneself, to perform repeatedly, to accomplish that which is required, to engage oneself, one's attention, one's mind. Jesus said we need to occupy until he comes. We need to be busy with the Father's business. Jesus at 12 years old was so passionate about the call of God on his life that at 12 years old he said, don't you know I've got to be about my Father's business. You know, some of you are different places in your life. Some of you are just, your life is busy, your life is crazy. Aren't you glad that God's grace moves at the speed of crazy? <laughs> Amen. Come on, moves at the speed of busy. But you know, God still wants to use you no matter what season you're in, what area you're in in your life. God wants to use you. God's got a call and for every season, God has a purpose. Amen. And so in that purpose, God wants to use you. And so I, I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm like, well, Lord, I wish I was doing that because then I'll be better. Then I'll be happier. How many know you'll never be happier doing what other people are doing? Amen. You'll always be content. You can always be content with what God has you doing right now. So how many can lift your hand to heaven today and just say, Lord, I want to occupy until you come back. I want to be faithful with and responsible with your investment in my life, Lord. The gifts that you've given me. Lord, help me discover those things. I want to know what, how to walk in those things. And Lord, where am I at right now? Some of you were maybe younger and God used you in a tremendous way. Maybe you feel like, well, maybe I just need to chill and, and just kind of hold back a little bit and just kind of ease my way into heaven. How many know God still has work for you? God still has uh, accomplishments and, and assignments for us. Amen today. Is that right? Amen. And so we need to just say, Lord, I want to occupy until you come. Lord, I want to be, I want, I want to ask myself this question. What am I going to be doing when Jesus comes back? That, that, I want to be, I want to say, Lord, I want to be doing your work. I want to be involved in raising my family and loving my wife and, and just, you know, going to church and helping other people and loving the body of Christ and encouraging my brothers and sisters and winning the lost. That's what I want to be caught up in, his work. Can you sit, stand on your feet today? Amen. You know, someone said that uh, a healthy church isn't where everybody's content and everybody's problem free. <laughs> How many know a healthy church, there's a lot of moving parts and it's a little messy? <laughs> How many know it's a healthy church? Many people get to a church and they're like, man, okay, I found the church. They did this worship, the kids ministry, you. I like the way they do this. I like this. I like this, 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 this. I like all these things. And something happens. Maybe something negative happens. They get a little offended, a little hurt. Some relationships between other people in the church. And then they go and move on to another one and move on to another one move on to another one. But, you know, a lot of times you have to understand that 
when we, when we talk about church, we got to talk about messy. <laughs> Some things are a little messy, right? Amen. Is that right? But it's about people. It's about, it's about, you know, people loving God together. And that's what it's about. And a healthy church kind of looks a little messy sometimes. It looks a little chaotic sometimes. But how many know God knows what he's doing? God's organizing. God's putting in place everybody, every, every, everybody. And so I want you to just ask the Lord, say, Lord, am I really in my place today? Never forget hearing a story about a man who said he had a dream and he went to heaven and, and he stood before the Lord and, and um, the Lord opened the books and, and he, he was a very accomplished accountant on the earth and, and had a, a, a firm and a great business. And, and the Lord really kind of spoke to him and said, uh, and, and spoke and said, Evangelist Charlie. Evangelist? I'm an accountant. He said, Evangelist. And he kept talking to him like that. Evangelist Charlie. Evangelist. He said, what do you mean evangelist? What are you talking about? He said, I'm an accountant. He said, I called you to be an evangelist. But you were an accountant. But how many know some of us may stand before the Lord and said, he may call us an accountant, and we wanted to be an evangelist. How many know it's important to find out what God has for us? It's not just one thing. It's multiple things. But come on, i give you that picture just to say, you know, we need to know what God's doing in our lives and be, make sure that we're, we're fulfilling what God has for us. Amen. And I believe as a church as a whole, that we're going to really, this the outreach center, I should say, is kind of God's way, God's tool for us, and God's avenue for us, and God's way for us, one of the ways for us to reach the city and to really kind of, really, come on, really reach families and, and be the body together and minister together. And so today as we go over to the OC, it's, not, it's just more than just fixing up an old building and the history there and what we're going to do there. It's really just saying, Lord... We're walking the mission of Jesus. This is just part of the mission, just part of the vision that you have for the Door Fellowship Church, and we're part of it. Come on, somebody, amen. How many are part of this vision? Let me see your hand. Every hand needs to go up, amen. Every hand needs to go up. You're part of it, amen. You're part of it. God, by God's grace, we're going to discover what everyone's called to do in this place and how we can effectively minister and reach the lost in this place. Come on, somebody, amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you, are, you have given us instruction. You've given us a mission, a mandate. Uh, Lord, from the very beginning, Lord, you even knew what we were going to do before we were born. I pray that we walk in that what you called us in, Lord. We wouldn't try to get sidetracked on something we're not supposed to be doing or get distracted or be, live a, a delusional life that we, Lord, or even live a life that we don't want to do what you want us to do, Lord. We want to do something different. Lord, I pray that our will would be your will. We would bend to the will of our master and say, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. And I want to do it well. I want to be successful at it, Lord. I want to do it great. Lord, if you called me to be whatever you called me to be, Lord, I want to do it to the best of my ability, Lord, because you've called me there, you've gifted me, you empowered me. And I pray, Lord, that as a church that we would continue to walk in the calling that you have for us. Walk in the vision that you have for us today. And I thank you for that today. Lord, as we go over to the Outreach Center, Lord, we just give you praise. We give you glory for everything that's been done. And Lord, the funds that have been raised and the construction that's been done. But we also look forward to the souls that are going to walk through those doors knowing Jesus, wanting to find out who Jesus is, getting baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, the lives getting back on track, uh, families getting healed, bodies getting healed. Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do through the Outreach Center. And we just thank you for that. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said amen, amen and amen.